What is up, Gen X? Welcome back to the water cooler. It's good to see you, especially after a Super Bowl weekend. Um, I don't know if, if you're like me, watching the, the Super Bowl on Sunday under the circumstances felt oddly normal. It was kind of refreshing. I, I, I loved it. Now, to be honest, I wasn't into either team one way or the other. I didn't uh, have any rooting interest either for or against either of the teams. And so I was just kind of watching, hoping to see a good game. All in all, it wasn't really that great of a game as far as football goes, but it was certainly entertaining. And it, it again, it, it felt like a little bit of a slice of normal under the circumstances because you know, we've been kind of getting used to the past year, this pandemic sports as we've been watching with either few to no fans. And, and although on one hand, it's it's fun to have it back. It's nice to, to watch and, and to have that. But at the same time, it, it feels a little artificial. It doesn't feel quite like you're used to. And so something just feels a little bit off about it. But the Super Bowl, for whatever it's worth, felt kind of normal as far as uh, sports goes. And that was... That was nice to have, although I have to admit my the old man in me had to complain a little bit about that Super Bowl logo because it was Super Bowl 55, and it was in Roman numerals LV, and, and you could see the painting of the logo on the field with the Vince Lombardi trophy in the middle. I My brain just kept thinking 54, and I was it was just playing with me, and, and I, it, it, it got under my skin a bit because... You know, and when we were kids, if you, you think back, you know, to Super Bowls past, you used to have these really cool logo designs that were unique for each Super Bowl with the Roman numerals, you know, obviously front and center. They would either feature something for the franchise hosting the Super Bowl or the city hosting the Super Bowl, and it was just kind of cool and unique and every. Everyone was just slightly different, but then you know, about maybe ten years ago or so, the NFL made the weird decision to go to this sort of monochromatic logo that changed very little year to year. You know, much like the NCAA for March Madness, how they used to play on each hosting school's home floor, but now they have the same host for design for each site and and it just looks kind of weird it's hard to di differentiate what you're looking at and the Super Bowl's kind of become like that and I, I don't know what market research has led to that I don't I don't really get it I, I know I'm not on board maybe it's a millennial gen, gen Z thing but I know growing up I always appreciated the uniqueness of of those logos and those floors and designs and field designs uh, but you know that's gone by the wayside. So that was one thing that got under my old man's skin watching the Super Bowl. But again, it was it was fun. It was refreshing to have a little slice of normal. Did not have any kind of Super Bowl party. It was just just us and the kids. But it was all enjoyable. Not not all my kids enjoy sports, but everybody spent the time in in the living room watching and having it on the background and talking and and enjoying it. And it was it was just a break from the nonsense that we've had to put up with for the past year or so. And it was refreshing. As far as the game was concerned, I have to say that I think we are far past the point now where we can just declare Tom Brady the greatest ever. 
and not just the greatest uh, the greatest football player, greatest NFL star ever. I think you have to. He's front and center on the Mount Rushmore of American athletes of all time. I, I I've struggled to think of who you would take him off and put in his place. He's 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 certainly in that spot. Uh, you know, he he's won his seventh title, which is more than any franchise in NFL history and at the position that he plays over the the time period which he did that um, over 20 some years is just absolutely incredible and in you know there's a lot of Tom Brady hate out there you know a lot of people were cheering for Kansas City simply because they wanted to see Tom Brady lose and it's been like that for the past number of you know Super Bowls that in where he's played and I find that really odd. You know, I was trying to think of why that could be. Um, and I, I, I get, you know, he's very successful. Again, this is his seventh Super Bowl title. It's his 10th Super Bowl that he played in. And so there's probably a little bit of Tom Brady fatigue. Uh, people, I'm sure, are, are getting tired of, of seeing the same guy over and over win. But um, I, I just can't get the hate because I think back to the 90s and, and the NBA was in their heyday and, you know, Jordan and the Bulls win, you know, back-to-back, or not back-to-back, but, you know, two separate three-peats and he won, he won his six, six titles in the 90s. I don't remember a similar level of Jordan fatigue league-wide and out in the, the culture at large. Everybody seemed to be agreed that Jordan was the best of all time, and it was just amazing watching him. And I, I don't remember the widespread hatred of Jordan. Now, I'm sure you could go to Detroit and New York, Cleveland maybe, and and find fans that hated him just because he was that blocking their team from getting to the finals and winning championships. But I, I just don't remember that widespread hate for him that you see for Brady. And yeah, again, I, I had no rooting interest watching the Super Bowl. And in games like that, I tend to just root for whoever is trailing just so the game can either stay close and have it entertaining or have some a, a good back and forth and be entertained by it since I'm not cheering for or against anybody. It's not like Green Bay was in it because, you know, they're, they're, you know, much like St. Louis is the spawn of Satan. But, you know, I was just kind of watching and just just taking it in and not having rooting interest although I tend I found myself leaning a little bit towards Brady if for no other reason than it, it was just entertaining watching arguably the greatest football player ever and, and while he's still playing and succeeding and doing well I I think that was just fun to live in that moment and and watch him do that, and and I I got a kick out of it, and and it was, it was for me it was refreshing to to see, and I was happy for him. I was happy for uh, being able to have that distinction and 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 seeing him win. I thought that was interesting. He certainly earned it. You know the the path that he took the Buccaneers on, playing everything on the road and, and beating Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers, and ultimately Patrick Mahomes, who's just absolutely fantastic. That, that kid's just an incredible athlete and a, and a tremendous quarterback. And the fact that Brady was able to beat them all, and in no small measure to that defense, which was fun to watch too. It was just it, I was totally entertained and taken by it. Again, even though I don't have any rooting interests, I am a Bears fan. You can hold your hold your jokes, but it was it was fun, so I enjoyed that. Although it doesn't seem like I shared that opinion because 
apparently viewership of the Super Bowl this year was the lowest in 15 years, and it received the worst rating since 1969. Which, again, you would think, coming out of a pandemic or in the middle of a pandemic and people, by and large, stuck in their homes or and not being out and about too much, you would think it would be the opposite. You would think the viewership would be higher than ever before. And when baseball came back, you'd have thought the same thing there. When the NBA came back, you'd think the same thing, and certainly with the NFL. But that hasn't been the case, particularly with the NFL and the NBA. Um, those seem to have have sort of fallen off off the map as far as viewers go, and and they are not nearly as as high as you would expect. And there, I'm I'm sure multiple reasons for that. You know, there are a lot of other distractions between gaming and and entertainment on the on the internet that people can find. But certainly the social consciousness that those two leagues in particular have pushed over the past couple of years, and particularly since last summer, I think has really turned away fans. I mean, it's turned away a lot of hardcore fans, even even my, like myself, even though I, you know, I did watch the Super Bowl and I was entertained by it. I definitely have not been following as closely as I would in the past, in particular with the NBA. I don't watch at all. Um, I would have a hard time naming guys on very many rosters at all. I don't, couldn't even tell you who head coaches are uh, for that matter. And I, I completely ignore that. Um, the NFL, I still follow, but not nearly as much. And in no small part because of all that social nonsense that they just push down your throat and that as a viewer you you don't want to watch you you don't you don't want to be indoctrinated by that nonsense because if you're like me you know sports is an escape it's a getaway it's something to to have fun with and enjoy and the last thing you need is to be preached in and with as much of division as we have in our culture to have that thrown in your face again when you're trying to escape from that is certainly a turn off and i i think there's a something to be said that that was a big reason why you're seeing such poor ratings in the NFL and the NBA among others. And, and you, you saw that it reflected in the Twitter trends during and after the Super Bowl. I don't know if you saw that, but apparently Colin Kaepernick was trending big on Twitter and people were just raging that, you know, Brady, here he is, he's getting celebrated for you know, winning another Super Bowl and, Kaepernick can't get a job, blah, 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 blah. Well, I, I, I can't imagine that people pushing that trend in, on social media, if, if they know anything about sports and about football and the NFL at all, or maybe I don't, I don't, I don't know. But I, and someone has to explain to me how in the past six years or so, or however long Colin Kaepernick has not been playing, how during that time he became awesome. I just, I can't I can't wrap my mind around that. I it, it's not something that I understand. I don't get it at all. But we seem to be fed this narrative that Kaepernick is just awesome and he should be able to have a or is good enough to have a starting job in the NFL. But for this blacklisting because of kneeling in the national anthem and oh, I, I'm I'm so tired of hearing that because the last I remember of Colin Kaepernick is he was being benched by Blaine Gabbert 
and Blaine Gabbert sucks. And Colin Kaepernick leading up to that sucked. I, I remember a game against the Bears. I mean, again, this, the, the Bears aren't great. And certainly at this time, the Bears weren't great either. But I remember a game, it may have been at the beginning of November or so, but he, he Colin Kaepernick he started for the Niners and he couldn't get them past the 50-yard line. I think they ended up pulling him like mid-third quarter, and the Bears ran away with a win that day. And I think it, was, it wasn't exactly after that. It was soon after that where he, he was benched. He was bad. I mean, his his career arc his, where he was a rising star burned very fast. And it's not, not something that's too unusual within the NFL. You see that often, um, those guys burst onto the scene and then flame out quick, whether it's because the league catches up to him or injury. You see that again and again, you know, RG three, Cam Newton. Um, I mean, even the Jimmy Garoppolo of, of the Niners last year, you know, led the Niners to the Super Bowl and lost and yeah, he's bad now. And you, you see that over and over again, but for some reason, Kaepernick has, has escaped that and that narrative. And I don't understand why. Well, I guess I do understand why. Is because in his pouting response of that, he's he decided to sit and then kneel for during the national anthem, and he made it against you know something in police brutality or whatever he was trying to. Now he's become this full blown activist, and and it, it it caught fire from there. And I but I don't get how in all that time of not playing he has become awesome. But it was weird to see that trend on Twitter and all because of that, the national anthem nonsense, which speaking of national anthem nonsense, Mark Cuban has made the decision recently that no anthem, no more anthem will be played in Dallas Mavericks games, at least while they're home. Ah, boy, I can't imagine this going well in Texas of all places. Maybe in Houston with all the transients that you have, there maybe, but in Dallas, the, you think people there are going to be cool with that? I, I, I just don't know. You know, this the whole nonsense with with the the anthem. I just don't understand. And you know, it's it's one of those things where it's been done for years and years. You know, around since the World War One or two. I forget exactly when it started you know, during baseball, but it's become a tradition. It's one of those moments where you can. Be united and celebrate, acknowledge something that's good, not perfect, but good, and bring you together. And there you go. But it, it's these woke SJMers have turned it into something divisive, and it's just a shame. You know, our, again, our our culture is a steaming ash heap, and this is certainly one other example of that. But you know, the, and. It, Particularly from the NBA, that coming coming from them, it's 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 fairly rich, you know. It, I mean, these guys can't bow the knee fast enough to the Chicoms, but heaven forbid you be anything pro America at all. I mean, where your freaking league is, with the exception of Toronto, I mean, you bow the knee to the Chicoms and throw the rest of your customers under the bust. I mean, they can go tubing themselves. Again, I don't I don't watch the NBA. I haven't watched it in 20 years and I don't really care about their league, but when I see that hypocrisy, I do care. You know, the Gen Xer in me just gets wrinkled by that nonsense. And it just is irritating. 
Uh, one more interesting note about the Super Bowl. Uh, if, you, if you saw this, uh, speaking of nonsense, the streaker that was at the Super Bowl, you know, the, the dude came out in his unitard or whatever and was was trying to pull down his shorts as he ran around. And you know, if, you, if you heard the Kevin Harlan play-by-play of that thing, it's absolutely hysterical. But dude has ended up, ended up being uh, tackled at like the one-yard line and dragged off. And this this thing went, or, went around online that apparently this guy placed a $50,000 prop bet that there would be a streaker at the at the Super Bowl and this 1000 him doing that with 1000 of bail to get out of jail won him 374 a net $374,000 I mean it's funny haha but I, is that real is that for real I I would imagine that if somebody does that that whoever took that bet is probably not too cool with doing that payout. I'd, I'll be curious to see if that's real. Again, that's one of those things that goes around the internet and I just kind of roll my eyes thinking, this can't be real. There's something to this. This is fake. This is a hoax. But that's something that, that went around uh, you know, for someone acting a fool at the Super Bowl. I, I thought that was that was funny. Now, speaking of online hoaxes, have you seen this Gorilla Glue Girl? Now, Everyone swears that this is real. Um, again, anytime I see something like this online, again, it could be the cynical, skeptical Gen Xer in me, but I see something like this and I just think, is that a hoax? Is this for real? But apparently this girl ran out of hairspray and to compensate for that, she used aerosol Gorilla Glue to hold her hair in place. And apparently <laughs> was surprised by her hair or head turning into this helmet that was hard to, I mean, you can knock on it and you, you couldn't, couldn't dent it. And she washed her hair 15 times or whatever she said, and it just didn't get any softer and it was a mistake. And they, apparently she had to go to the, to the hospital and they, they tried to take it off with, with acetone and um, it just made it goopy and dried quickly and ended up having to shave her hair or whatever again i there's a big part of me <laughs> that looks at that and says nah no way that's a hoax i mean anything like that that take takes fire on the internet i i tend to think is a hoax and there's it, there's just nothing we're just all being played but people swear that this is real and she's considering legal actions which again is it is it like the streaker where she's doing this so that she can sue and and get get a payday i i don't know but i i look at that that and i think well if if this is real this is just another example of why we can't have nice things i mean you you, you put gorilla glue on your head let, let's assume it's real and then you're somehow surprised by the result i uh, again, this is why we can't have nice things. Uh, speaking of why we can't have nice things, um, Aunt Jemima has a f- have finished their rebranding of their pancake syrup. Apparently, the, the again because of polit- politically correct rationale and in response to all of the turmoil last summer, Aunt Jemima is rebranding themselves to be called the Pearl Mining Company syrup or something like that but pearl mining company uh, uh okay i mean that they are more than welcome to rebrand themselves if for whatever reason i mean they could have just not liked the color scheme and wanted to rebrand it i'm you know, i'm not saying whether or not they should have or if their cause was just i 
if, if a company wants to do it, that's on them. That is their dis- discretion. That's their call. They can do it. it has nothing to do with me. Uh, and there's a large segment that tends to think this is another example of cancel culture, cancel culture. I can totally see why they would think that I don't get it. I don't think that's going to win them any points. You know, the pearl mining company syrup sounds like something you would get for me at a dollar store. And it's certainly not going to make me more likely to buy their syrup. I may just get whatever else just because, or store brand just because, but uh, it's certainly odd. You know, we're, we're seeing the same thing with Uncle Ben's and, and some others, you know, that, that are being rebranded. Uh, but strap in, here we go. We're going to be in for this for a while, I think. Um, the latest seems to also now be Cracker Barrel. Now, this one definitely seems like a hoax or made up, but a Apparently, Cracker Barrel, or at least the name of it, is coming under fire because of the racist imagery that that conjures up. Cracker Barrel, you know, like a barrel of crackers that you used to have in five and dime stores in the turn of the the 19th or 20th century. Uh, okay, I mean, we seem to be really scraping the bottom of the cracker barrel to find reasons to be offended. But there, there was this narrative that was going around that alleges that cracker barrel is called that, called that because whips to keep slaves were kept in barrels and, and because of the crack sound that they made, I mean, really stretching here. I mean, you're really bending logic to come up with some reason to be offended by the name of a mediocre to poor restaurant chain. I, 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 I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. That is the old man in me. That's the Gen Xer in me. I don't get it. I don't understand how you can just find, find reasons and troll for reasons to be offended about any and everything and find racist messaging in any and everything. I don't get it. I can't twist my brain to understand that. And uh, yeah, some would argue that that's my white privilege or whatever. I, I just think it's, it's common sense. It's doesn't make sense to me. I, I don't understand it, but uh, here we go. Stra- again, strap yourself in. We are in for an SJM branding revolution and we'll see where that strikes next. Um, you know, the, the Washington football team has taken a dive. The Cleveland Indians have taken a dive. All, all this kind of this politically correct rebranding is going. I mean, again, that is their call. That is their discretion. They can change it. We can debate whether or not they should. But that's ultimately, they're the ones who have to live and die with that. All right, lastly here, um, we are in the middle of our second impeachment of Donald Trump. The newly left office, Donald Trump, we, he is being impeached again. The trial is ongoing. And it's another one of those things where I can't bend my mind to grasp the logic other than just pure politics. I mean, this is exactly the type of stuff that I think Americans are tired of. And it's, it's nonsense. We can see right through it. But away we go, and they are full bore. They are are going for it. I had the opening statements by two Trump lawyers, and it didn't do him any favors. You know, he, you know, Donald Trump likes to say he surrounds himself with the best people. 
But over and over again, he seems to be surrounded by the worst people once he fires them for obvious reasons. And it's just, it's a clown show. I, I, I don't understand. And um, it seems to be destined to fail. You know, the, the preliminary votes that they took, they, it seems like there's they are nowhere near the two-thirds of votes within the Senate for a conviction. Now, what a conviction might look like, I don't know. Um, maybe it's, you know, leaving office. <laughs> I, I, it seems obvious that, that their, their motive in this is to prevent Donald Trump from ever being able to hold in a public office again. Again, we're talking about a guy who is, was he 78 years old? You know, four years from now, if he were to want to run again, he'd be 82. Love him or hate him, especially love him. I can't fathom wanting to get behind an 82-year-old to run for president. And as, as much as I appreciate some of the things that he did while he was in office, it is time to turn the page. And, and I have my significant doubts to the election and the shenanigans that went on. I don't know that we'll ever fully get answers to all the the questions and 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 evidence of, of fraud and tampering and vote changing that that seems to have gone on but that being said he's no longer in office he is no longer the president it is time to stop talking about Donald Trump um i mean this seems to be an easy matter if if you are defending him to just go to the floor as these lawyers should have done and said and play the 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 clip of Donald Trump saying we are going to peacefully march and cheer on politicians contesting this election and the fact that this the breaching of the Capitol took place 10 minutes before his speech even even uh, ended that seems to be enough and again that's if this were in good faith which of course it's not uh, they seem to have their own motives and again it, it, it may be that they want to prevent Donald Trump from ever holding public office again, but that may ultimately be a secondary benefit for them just wanting to kill the MAGA movement, which ironically, if, if they continue down this path and, and continue to alienate those who did support Donald Trump, you only, it seems like you'll only make that movement stronger and more appealing to others. If you continue to press harder and harder, you can call for unity all you want, but if unity is simply an excuse for, uh, being you know, for submission and to sub submit to your control, you're just not going to get anywhere. But that's, that seems to be where, where that nonsense is headed. You know, I'd, I'd be fascinated to see if they were able to pull off a conviction again, what, what that would mean. It's it, it, again, it all seems to be political theater, but you know, away we go. You know, CNN, they seem to be desperately holding on to all of this nonsense and with probably with good reason. Cause they're, since Trump has left office, their ratings have absolutely plummeted you know, you know, to the magnitude of nearly 50%. Um, so they, they seem to really, really need Donald Trump more than we need Donald Trump. Um, but we'll, it'd be interesting to see where they go. Um, but you know, there, there is now a, a wall around the Capitol. Ironically enough, you know, they, there's all this resistance to build a wall on the, on our Southern border, but you have one incident in Washington and, you know, a, a semi-permanent wall goes up around the Capitol and, and National Guard occupying force takes shape. And, and that now seems like it's going to be, be the norm. 
But ultimately, the message seems to be clear that the powers that be in Washington, whether they be certainly Democrats, but whether they be Democrat or Republican, the one thing that they demand, and the message is clear, is that they do not want any questioning that the, of the systems in place. They just don't want it. We can't question what they do. We can't want term limits. We can't question the validity of elections. We can't question anything that they do. They just demand 100% fealty, much like the East Germans. They demand loyalty to party before any, before all else. Um, when, I don't know that that's a winning message, but at least it is, it is certainly one that has has swung the Democrats into power in Washington, and now we have to be subjected to this sham of a second impeachment. You know, much like the meme that you, if you've seen it online, you know, from the Lord of the Rings, you know, playing off the hobbits and their second breakfast. You know, that we that we've had first impeachment, yes, but what about second impeachment? And and here we are. And if this fails, you know, I we'll see if they. They go for third impeachment, but you know, there's some whispers of, of Candace Owens saying that she may run for president in 2024. I, I, she's still quite young. She may be, be like exactly 35 in 2024, but you know, she's, I think she's sharp. I think she's smart. Uh, I think she's someone who would do well in a, a prominent role and in, in, in a role such as the presidency. Um, it would be interesting to see how that would play out in the campaign as we would learn more of her. But there's, as if she continues to grow in popularity, I, I would not be surprised at some preemptive impeachment efforts for her as well, you know, because the last thing that, that those in control will, would ever allow is anybody who would set their control at risk. But that's where we are. But let's not marinate in that. Let's let's just enjoy the fact that we were able to have a little semblance of normal with the with the Super Bowl, and that was that was a fun experience as we endured the rest of our winter. But there's we're starting to seem to come out of that this dark nonsensical period, and hopefully, good things are ahead. So we'll we'll be back, and we'll we'll catch you next time. Until then, stay warm, stay positive, stay upbeat, and above all, stay cool, Gen X.